You're listening to the Collective Church podcast. For more info, please visit our website, thecollectivechurch.ca.ca. Hey friends, I am super excited to have Shailene Selkirk with me this morning. Um, she is the founder of Fountains for the Thirsty, which is an organization that feeds the homeless. And we've just been chatting um, just before this interview. And she is a deep well, and she has so much to say around this conversation. And so I'm so excited for you guys to meet her this morning and to hear the story of Fountains for the Thirsty. Um, and there's probably more conversations we'll have to have in the future. <laughs> Why don't we just jump right in? It's really wonderful to meet you and to hear some of your story. The first time I heard you speak was at a um, Engaging the City event, and I was just so captivated by your story. So why don't you tell us um, how the journey of feeding the homeless started for you personally? Um, well, it's quite a long time ago now. <laughs> um, I think for me, it was just probably the guy that used to live in my street. He used to sleep on the pavement, outside, like literally in my street, outside my, outside my house wow. um, by a tree. And I just used to see homeless people everywhere. So when I used to drive to Vits, People were just telling me they're hungry, they're starving, I need help. Um, and I just kind of decided they can't all be lying to me. So I was like, okay, I prayed about it for a long time. I was like, God, what can I do? I was like still a really new student and I didn't have much money, but I used to get my money at the beginning of every week. Sure. And by Friday, I was also pretty much like starving. <laughs> so I was like, God, what can I do, you know? It wasn't like hard, you know, um, and eventually one day I felt like God said, well, you have a sandwich, don't you? Sure. Um, and I just was like, okay, I guess God has a point. So I shared my sandwich and then I started looking at like cheap ways to feed people. So I used to buy apples, give apples out, bananas, mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of where it started. I just decided that, you know, I have something. I might not have much, but I have something wow. generally that I can give. Yeah. It, it just kind of became, how do I make it intentional? Like mm -hmm. when I go to the shop, what can I buy that's cheap? Like 22, well, at that stage it was 22 rand for a bag of apples. <laughs> now wow. it's a little bit more. more <laughs> but, you know, like if you're looking at one rand per homeless person, mm. a bag of apples, you know. Wow. That's kind of and that's how, how you started. Sure. And so what does Fountains for the Thirsty look like now on a week-to-week -week basis? You know, what, what, what have you got to from where you started on your journey? Sure. So um, at the moment, well, at the moment, we're not really running lots of dinner tables. So a dinner table is kind of a sophisticated soup kitchen. We don't mm. serve soup. Normally we serve like um, pup and stew. Mm. Um, yeah, we don't we don't do soup. Um, I don't and know. do you set the dinner table like uh, somewhere in the city and feed the people from that? Yeah, that so we space? set up a table. Okay. We have bowls generally of pre-dished food, and then we hand it out. Wow. Um, you can wash your dishes afterwards. Mm. You bring benches. You sit down. You have a meal. Um, soup kitchen's got a really bad kind of connotation right. to it. People are like ah, soup right. kitchen, but. Um, yeah, dinner table sounds nice. We mm. serve good food. Wow. Um, not everybody likes soup, so wow. soup's kind of got a cheap 
vibe to it, I think. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so we call them dinner That's tables. My, my kids definitely feel that way about soup. Pretty so. much, yeah. <laughs> uh, when my mom used to be like, oh, let's have soup for dinner. Like, you're like, oh. Exactly. You know? uh, so, yeah, we normally we normally do that Monday to Friday, every day of the week in London and Blackari. But now mm-hmm. with coronavirus, we, we've transitioned in a huge way. Um, so now we've been running shelters. Now mm-hmm. we have... Uh, a house where we house previously homeless people okay. for a three-month period where we kind of upskill them, we we love them, we care for them. Huh. That's what we're doing at the moment. And wow. then we also did food parcels during COVID. Um, we have a rural nutrition program. So we have we have quite a few things that we, we're doing. We're really excited. Um, mm. We just got some funding from Anglo for... Uh, we call it the gentleman's club mm-hmm. where we've got money to help people get new IDs because um, wow. a lot of homeless people lose their IDs mm. and dress them up in suits help them with CVs wow. have some professional photo shoots done mm. and really just give them that experience of you know I can actually look as good as those rich people um, wow. just give them that feeling to remember how good they look just about money so we're really excited about wow. that wow so you've got lots of different avenues that you engage with homeless people that you're feeding um and working also into the rural context so you were talking a little bit earlier about bridging the gap between two worlds between the world of those that have a home and that have a job and that have the monthly bills to pay and those that are homeless and and how important that connection is do you want to talk a little bit about that <laughs> um yeah i guess you know <laughs> Sometimes I go out when I feed people and, you know, the guys will ask, how's your day? Oh, I'll ask them generally, how's your day? And they'll be like, oh, you know, I wasn't doing anything. So I really want a job. And I was like, and then they'll say, you know, how's your day? And I'll be like, oh, I'm so stressed. I've got so much work. Um, you know, and they're like, you, you should be grateful. You have a job. Like, what are you complaining about? And I'll be like, what are they complaining about? They've just been sitting around doing nothing all day. I'd love that, you know. Um, wow. So sometimes we we have this idea that the grass is greener on the other side. Um, and I think, you know, when we, we have an opportunity to sit down and talk to each other, it really helps give you a better perspective. Like I know sometimes we get really frustrated when our domestic workers or our gardeners are late. And then if you, you just sit down and speak to them, you find out they actually left mm. at five o'clock from their house and then the taxi didn't fill up. Mm. Um, and that's why they're late. And you think, oh my goodness, it's nine o'clock, they're late, but they've actually been trying to get to work for the yeah. last four hours. And, you know, it just takes gives you a pause yes. <laughs> um, to reflect. You know, sometimes we're so used to just being able to get into our car, or deliver food on Uber Eats or Mr. Delivery. We forget how hard it is for some people. Um, So to just take a minute to, I always try and encourage people to have food in their cars. Mm. Um, And when you see someone at the robots begging, instead of just like turning a blind eye and pretending they don't exist, to wind down the window, even if you don't have anything to give them, but just to ask them, how are you? What's your name? you know, sometimes we think people need our stuff, but they actually just want 
some of our love and attention and affection. Yeah. yeah. Um, my parents always used to complain. I'm sure lots of people know this. Their parents are like, you only ask me when you want money. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're only talking to me because you want to go to the movies or yes. whatever the case is. And, you know, everybody wants to be wanted more than they want to be needed for their stuff. Yeah. Um, so if you just remember that that person at the robot's a human, that they want some love and attention. Mm. They, they might be hungry, but they can get food. Mm. Love is it's a difficult thing to get. So, so yeah, that's, I don't know if that answers your question. It does, and I think it puts the responsibility in all of us, like right down to, am I seeing people? Am I noticing, or do I want to just look mm. at it from afar? And it brings, like you said earlier, sometimes the solution is simple, but it's the one that's most uncomfortable, which mm. is, what is the little bit that we are doing to contribute to making a difference and to seeing people? Yeah. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing in the rural context. Um, so at the moment we are providing families with food in KZN and in Dwedwe. Um So it's a rural village. It's about 45 minutes from the nearest form of, I suppose you want to call it civilization. Um, and the people there are quite poor. Um, by poor, I'm not talking about somebody that earns maybe in their household 6,000 rand a month. I'm talking about people that earn maybe collectively 1,500 or 2,000 rand a month for a family. Mm. Um, by family, I don't mean a family of four, a mom, a dad, and two children. I mean maybe one caregiver, generally a woman, and then maybe five or six or seven children, so mm. seven people in a family may be earning a combined income of 3,000 Rand a month, mm. that's what I'm referring to so, by family, so, so we're helping them with food parcels amazing. Um, twice a month. Okay. So. And then you're yeah. also at this stage running a, a soup kitchen in um, Windsor. Windsor, that's right. Yes as well and and may go back to the dinners on the street mm. at some point after yeah. the the corona period so uh, yeah the the future is a bit i guess i'm waiting to see what what's going to happen yeah. um you know the need has changed quite drastically i don't think we can say that the need is the same as it was before coronavirus wow. um there's lots of people um Maybe you watching this <laughs> six months ago, you had a job and you were in your house and everything was cushy. And now you still have your house, but you don't have food in your house. So, you know, things are changing. So I'm not entirely sure how things are going to change going forward. Um, you know, maybe we'll continue the dinner tables, but maybe instead of serving homeless people, we'll also be serving people in homes that wow. just don't have food. Mm. Um, so we'll see. It's amazing. So can we talk about if there's no limitations, what would your big dream be? Do you have something in your heart that, you, that you're holding out for, for Fountains <laughs> of the Thirsty? Well, I guess, I guess, and that's why I'm passionate about the rural um, side of things. So ever since I was 16, now I'm 29. Um, so it's not that long ago for <laughs> most of you, but for me it feels like it's a long time. Um, so ever since I was saved, I always wanted to have like a center where we have a church and a daycare mm. facility mm. and a clinic and um, like an orphanage and all these combined social work wow. aspects. Um, so, you know, I suppose I love homeless people, but homeless people are kind of like the, the 
product of the the lack of the dream yes. if the dream was there people had proper um medical assistance and proper child care and mm. proper support and education and all these things i think homeless people wouldn't necessarily exist in the quantity that we see mm. so yeah i suppose that's kind of the dream wow. that's so exciting that's so exciting. So, so we're going to post a link to Fountains for the Thirsty's website where you can find out more about the projects that they've been doing over this corona pandemic time and just what their heart is and what they're about. If people want to get involved, um, what kind of aspect can they take? Obviously, financial contribution towards um, feeding the homeless and feeding in the rural scheme. Are there other ways that people can get involved? Sure. So at the moment, it's a bit complicated because of coronavirus. So we've kind of paused the majority of all our volunteering, which normally we work completely on a volunteer-based system. But at the moment, we've, we've moved towards staff um, just to try and avoid contact um, and transmission. But at the moment, if you are particularly skilled um, in something in particular, especially if you're in the social welfare kind of side of things, counselling, um, I'm trying to think of other examples for the life of me now, I can't think. Um, like we had a gym instructor coming and giving the guys um, fitness lessons. Mm. You know, we have a, guard, uh, a landscaper coming and helping, teaching the guys gardening. If you have a particular skill that you might be able to transfer, mm. and you might um, not think you have one, but if you can type um, or you can create a CV, that is a skill that we do need. Mm. Um, you'd be you might think it's normal to know how to write a CV, but it's actually a, a, a quite a rare skill. Wow. Um, and people that generally have that skill don't have time to give. So if you have time to give um, mm. and there's something you know how to do, if you know how to do pottery and you want to teach, um, all of these things are something mm. that you can offer. Um, yeah, at the moment, unfortunately, volunteering opportunities are mm. quite limited. Mm. But what you can do is you can drop us an email or WhatsApp we normally have volunteer WhatsApp groups. So once volunteering opportunities do start to open again, then we can notify you. Okay, that's amazing. That's amazing. So I just I just want to encourage you that um, whatever you have to contribute, whether it's an act of kindness or an open heart um, or a gift of generosity, that that may make all the difference. You know, I think sometimes we think what we have is so small or our influence, our range of influence is so small, what we have in our hand is so small, but actually it can change everything. It's like the biblical principle that you can have faith the size of a mustard seed and it can move a mountain. And so um, I just want us to hear Shailene's story and for it to inspire us and um, perhaps to get involved with Fountains of the Thirsty or whatever influence and sphere of influence you have to take what's in your hand and to give. I just want to leave you with this last quote that was so inspiring for me this week. Um, the key to get what we want or to go where we want to go is to give what we have. And I think especially in our context in South Africa, it's really important to know that giving is such an important part of what we need to do to see our society move forward and to see uh, the change that we want to be a part of. So if there's one um, message that you want to leave with our community and with the friends that are watching, what would you like to inspire people to do to create impact um, for the homeless or, or just in their yeah. sphere of influence? I think, um, yeah, that's a, that's a 
what you said is really um, profound. I think, you know, we everybody has something that they can do. And I think maybe don't get involved with fighting for the thirsty. I don't know other <laughs> non-profits that say that, but actually, like, you know, some people, they think it's about an organization. Oh, I must join an organization to do something. Please don't. Um, actually, just do whatever you can where you are. Um, there's probably someone that you interact with in a week, even during coronavirus, that actually is in desperate need of help. And you're not aware of it because you never asked. I think, you know, asking is a very important principle, both for the person needing help and the person that's able to to give it. Because if if you don't ask, you'll never know. If you don't um, knock, the door's never going to be opened. So to teach the people around you um, to ask when they need help and to always offer it. Um, and to do it in a manner that people feel mm. comfortable receiving. So don't ask your domestic worker or your gardener, you know, how are you? But then you're rushing, you're not actually waiting for the response. Make sure that you're present and that when you ask, you're really interested. Mm. Um, because you might find that the person working in your house is actually going hungry because of they giving their money to support other people and they mm. might have be supporting many more people than you know. So if we could all just give and give generously, um, I think that would really make a difference. But do it where you are. Um, Don't come to necessarily where I am. Mm. Um, You know, if everybody did their part, um, non-profits wouldn't be needed. Wow, that's so powerful. That is so powerful. Thank you so much for the conversation. It's amazing to get to know you. And uh, yeah, sending lots of love to everyone. Thank you for listening.